Hello, I'm Jessica from the Realm School of Dimensional Worship. I would love to invite you to come and be a part of our school of worship. Yahweh is multidimensional, and we should not worship in just one dimension. He has given us an invite. He's given us permission to go beyond, to go beyond the veil. The veil's been torn for us to enter in to worship dimensionally. We have all kinds of classes, songwriting, vocal class, guitar, piano. This is all just basics, giving you tools to be able to write your own songs. We also have an engaging worship, frequency of worship, expressions of worship, which is a dance class and a way to learn how to express how you worship Yahweh. We also have live songwriting classes so that we can interact together. We have live worship sessions, and we are adding now live Zoom interaction, communing time to just question and answers, to talk together. So this is a very interactive school of worship. We aren't saying that we have all of the answers. We are just here to impart to you what we have learned along our journey. Our hearts are to just draw out the treasure of Yahweh inside of you. So come and join us. You can register at thefoundationnest.com under the Realm tab. So check it out today. We would love to have you. Welcome back, guys, to Origin Gates Weekly Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. And again, this is Stevie McKee. Um, And today I just want to talk a little bit about the crucified life. Because why is this so important? Because I've been speaking about living out of the heavenlies, living beyond the veil, um, standing in the councils of the Lord. These are all grand, incredible, amazing things. Like is human beings, as new creation people, we have got access to the realms of heaven, the courtrooms of heaven. We've got access to the councils of heaven. We can actually meet God face to face. But if we're going to function out of that governmental realm, out of that mountain of God, out of Mount Zion, then we've got to be dead to self. And we have got to be living for Christ. We have got to be humble. We've got to be meek. We've got to walk in the fear of God. I'm really talking about the criteria to function out of the heavens, to function as that perfect man. I'm talking about the criteria, what we need to be to be able to walk in the full stature of Christ, the fullness of his power, the fullness of authority, the fullness of the manifest presence of God on us and through us. We have got to be dead to self. If we want to find that kind of life, we've got to lose our life. That message that seems old-fashioned is not old-fashioned. Every part of us must be dead to self but alive to Christ. Um, A.W. Pink says, Taking up my cross means a life voluntarily surrendered to God. A.W. Tozer says, Those who seek the deeper Christian life and those who want the riches that are in Christ Jesus the Lord seek no place, no wealth, no things, only Christ. Our language might be no things, no platform, no self-promotion, no pushing yourself forward to trying to be seen to be spiritual, as Ian Clayton says, trying to be 
just showing how amazing we are and all the experiences we've had and all the encounters we've had. Do you know what? All that means nothing if we're not dead to self, if we're not walking in humility. Watchman Nee, I love this. He says, God's means of delivering us from sin is not by making us stronger and stronger, but by making us weaker and weaker. That is surely rather a peculiar way of victory, you say. But it is a divine way. God sets us free from the dominion of sin, not by strengthening our old man, but by crucifying him. Not by helping him to do anything, but by removing him from the scene of action. <laughs> God's not interested in the old man. He's not interested in that man that wants position, that man that wants to be seen, that man that wants to be at the top rather than the servant, rather than dying to self and be willing to wash someone's feet like Jesus. Christ washed the feet of Judas, knowing that Judas would soon betray him. But that was humility, that was leadership, that was just the character and love and goodness of God. He was willing to bow and wash the feet of the man who would deceive him and betray him. John 12, sorry, John 21, 18 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, and this is Jesus talking to Peter, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Do you know, this was Jesus talking to Peter about something in the natural where he could go where he liked at that moment because he was, he was young and he could do what he wanted. But later on, he would be taken prisoner and he would not be allowed to go where he wanted and eventually he'd be martyred. But there's a spiritual dimension to this, that when we are young, in a way, when we're first saved, you get away with a lot. You can walk in grace and God's love and goodness covers you. But if you want to grow in God, if you want to mature in God, if you want to walk in the dimensions of heaven and the dimensions of the courtrooms and the councils of true authority in Christ, I've been walking in that place, I've been the perfect man. And we've got to get to a place where we do not go where we want to go, where we're obedient to the Spirit, where we yield our will for His will. Even Christ said, not my will, but thy will be done. Even Christ said, I do nothing of my own. Even Christ said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So if we want to go deeper, if we want to go higher, if we want to live in that realm of God that God is releasing in these days, We've got to be dead to self. We've got to know what it is to walk in that place of being crucified, that place of being obedient, that place of union with God, that place where the inner working of the Holy Spirit changes us so that we are changed from glory to glory. It's such an amazingly powerful place. St. Gregor the Great said this, we abandon ourselves, we renounce ourselves. When we escape from what we were in our old state and strive towards what we are called to be in our new one. Let us see how Paul, who said, it is no longer I who live, renounced himself. The cruel persecutor was destroyed and the holy preacher began to live. But how was Paul, who said that he was no longer living, able to proclaim the message of truth? Immediately after saying it is no longer I who live, he added, 
but Christ lives in me. He means that he had indeed, indeed been destroyed by himself since he no longer lived and spiritually. But in his essential being he was now dead since he was spiritually alive in Christ. Nicetas Stethotos said this, If you wish to see the blessings which God has prepared for those who love him, then take up your abode in the desert of renunciation of your own will and flee from the world. What world? The world of the lust of the eyes of your fallen self. The presumptuous, presumptuousness of your thoughts, your own thoughts, and the deceit of things you can see. Renounce yourself, renounce your pride, renounce your ways, your understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. And walk in the ways of the Lord. Philippians 2, this is the blueprint for the ones who will become the perfect man. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, is there any consolidation of love, if there is any fellowship of, of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regarding one another as more important than yourself. See, this is death to self. This is, this is a qualification to function out of government. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not, uh, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is, a God, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourself to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. But even if I am being proud, sorry, even if I am being poured out as a drink offering, Upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and you share your joy with me. Even Christ humbled himself and became a man, and became a man 
that was willing to die on the cross. And you see, we have to take up our cross every day. What is that? It means death to our ways, death to our sinful, fleshly ways. It's about living for Christ. It's about being obedient to what he wants. It's about preferring one another. It's about the, the beginning of the fear of the Lord. It's wisdom. But what is what is that wisdom? What is the fear of God? It says to hate all evil. To make sure we are uh, governing over our lips, over our tongue. To make sure we're loving one another more than we're loving ourselves. To make sure that we are living out that life of obedience, that life of sacrifice. You see, there's three levels, if you want to live at. One is the outer courts. The other is the holy place. And the, the deeper level is the holy of holies. That's where you're dead to self. That's where you're in union with God. That's where it's no longer your ways. It's no longer your works. That's where you're in a place of rest. You're in that place of the seat of rest. And you're doing his works. He is flowing through you. You are not deciding like you what you want to do. The outer courts is just the place where we are... Yeah, you go to the Lord and you pray and you, you're asking for stuff and that's all good. But you're not yet in union. The soul is still very active. It's like that those places in your being are still very much governed by the ways of this world, by the spirit of the world, and sometimes even by the demonic or the sinful man. But when you go deeper and you die and you get through that place of Pentecost, you get through that place of fire, you get through that place of refining, you get through that place of even suffering and persecution. What's the purpose of all of that? It's to refine you. It's so that you're changed. It's so that you are sanctified. You're set apart. You become more Christ-like. You become more humble. Why? God cannot trust a generation of people who are promoting themselves. He cannot trust people who who will shove other people out the way to lift their own ministry up, to show how great they are. God's looking for those who will humble themselves and put themselves down so that they can lift others up. That's the heart of a true father, is that your sons and your daughters go higher than you, that you lift them up because you know that you're not threatened by them. You're not threatened by anything because you have the fullness of Christ in you and you only need to bother about fulfilling your destiny, your scroll, that's all that matters because as you lift others up, it's actually the key to your own promotion. As you raise others up and celebrate their success, then God can celebrate your success. God can raise you up. As you humble yourself, then he, the Lord, can exalt you. But if we are going to be exalted into the place of governing with God, where we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ, where we are beginning to rule and change, where all of creation can cease to growing because the manifestation of the sons is beginning to happen. The sons are functioning out of maturity and Christ-likeness. If we're going to function out of that place, we've got to learn to die to self, to our ways. We've got to learn to humble ourselves. We have got to be like Christ. We have got to get before him. We have got to spend time with him. But we've got to make sure our character is right. We've got to make sure that the fire of God burns in us, the fire of God changes us. 
Like Madame Guyon says, what does God do then? He sends before him his own wisdom as fire will be sent upon the earth to consume by its activity. All the impurity that there is, fire consumes all things and nothing restricts its activity. It's the same with wisdom, it consumes all impurity in the creature to prepare him for divine union. And the fire of God, Smith Wigglesworth says, burns us, burns up all impurities. It prepares us for union, but it also prepares us for government. It prepares us to function truly, authentically as kings and priests, not just teaching something, talking about something. It's just a new language, but actually participating in the reality of it. So guys, this is Origin Gate. This is Wisdom Echo Podcast, and this is Stephen McKee.